I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. This sermon is being posted for January the 31st, Matthew chapter 17. That's where I want us to be. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's Matthew 17, verses 1 through 5. Let's take just a few minutes to identify the people. Two groups of men involved in this event. The first group of three men, live witnesses of the event as it happened, Peter, James, and John. These men were disciples of Christ who traveled with him and listened to him and watched him. After the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, these men were active and courageous in spreading the gospel and edifying new Christians. They endured hardship, grew in their personal faith, helped each other in ways we may never know, but through all of this, I believe they carried with them the vivid memory of this event on the mountain, the transfiguration of Christ, Peter, James, and John. There is another group of two appearing at this event, Long after they died, both were prominent in the Old Testament history, Moses and Elijah. Now, this is not something you read about on every page of the Bible. In fact, I know of nothing like this in all the Bible. Men who were dead, but in this miracle, enabled by God to appear on earth. Not only to appear, but to engage in conversation with the Lord as witnessed by Peter, James, and John, and then as written by Matthew. Moses, whose name was associated primarily with the Jews and their law. Elijah, whose name was forever associated with the prophets. Now, I pause here to raise a question. Is that a coincidence? Moses connected to the law of Moses, Elijah connected to the prophets, Jesus sometimes referred to the Old Testament as the law and the prophets, Luke 24, 27. So here is this unique scene that was directly caused by God, Peter, James, and John, who lived and walked with Jesus and who would spread the gospel. Moses and Elijah, associated with the law and the prophets, prominent Old Testament figures, dead, but appeared on this mountain, 
And then there is Jesus. And we cannot miss that God exalts Jesus, his son. We may consider Peter, James, and John to be highly privileged men because of their closeness to Jesus on earth. In addition to that, we are beneficiaries of the work of these men. The gospel was delivered through these men, and we have the writings of the New Testament. No doubt we hold these men in high esteem. In a similar way, but as it pertains to the Old Testament, we believe Moses and Elijah to be important. I remember hearing and learning stories about Moses when I was in children's Bible classes in my youth. The stories about Moses and Elijah are some of the first Bible history narratives we all heard and learned and appreciated. But God God says nothing about Peter, James, and John, Moses, or Elijah. God speaks to Peter, James, and John, and Matthew recorded this for our benefit. God exalts Jesus Christ, saying about him, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. This scene is really about one divine being, Jesus Christ. God is exalting him. He is the name that is above every name, and God has one very simple thing to say. Listen to him. That's it. God is exalting Jesus Christ, and the message is listen to him. That's what we need to be doing. Maybe you noticed as I read the narrative, Peter didn't get it. Peter was the kind of man who always had something to say, right or wrong, well thought out or impulsive. Peter always had something to say. Verse 4, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, this is not wicked. In fact, it may seem to be reasonable to men, three great figures who are all active players in the scheme of redemption, why not honor all three? But did you know, in Luke's account, in Luke 9.33, it says that Peter didn't know what he was saying or what he was talking about. It wasn't well thought out. It was an impulse that came from his mouth, typical of the man. But most important is not our analysis of Peter's idea. What's most important is God's word. That is what God said on this occasion concerning only Jesus. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Moses and Elijah did their part prior to the coming of Christ. Moses' law would no longer be binding on anyone. Elijah's prophecies found their fulfillment in Christ. Jesus is the one and only Savior who is exalted by God, the name that is above every name. So, three words. Listen to him. What should this mean to us today? We've studied the passage. What should this mean to us today?
Number one, it means you can trust in Jesus Christ. What this amounts to is God's seal of approval. If you have the old King James, hear ye him. Obviously, he is worthy of hearing, and God tells us to do so. Who is this about? It says, this is my beloved son. This is not just a statement of pride, like a father saying he's proud of his son. This goes beyond that. For it is a description of who Jesus is. This is similar to the affirmation of John. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. This is not one among many. The force of this is one and only, the only begotten Son. John 1.14 says, He became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, the unique, one and only, full of grace and truth, deity became flesh. This could not be said of Moses, of Elijah, or of any celebrated religious leader today. It applies only to one, to the Savior. Read the Bible without prejudice, and you will become acquainted with Jesus Christ. You will learn to love Him. You will want to listen to Him and obey Him. Further, this means the previous system had been superseded. I think Adam Clark was right in his comments on the transfiguration when he said the message of this passage is, go no more to the law or the prophets, the Messiah is here. God had said as far back as the Garden of Eden, there would be a Redeemer. The prophets painted the picture of the coming one. John the Baptist announced his arrival. Now, on the mountain, hear these men, Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets. God says nothing about Moses and Elijah. He says, this is my son. Listen to him. Go no more to the law or the prophets. The Messiah is here. I think people in the religious world today remain somewhat confused about this. Folks, many don't know the difference between the book of Exodus and the book of John. Many people are as likely to open the book of 1 Kings as the book of Acts to find out what to do to be saved. The difference between the Old and New Testament not commonly recognized. Part of that problem is people are not reading the whole book. And another part of the problem is the assumptions and baggage people bring to their Bible reading. The truth is, the previous system, the law of Moses, came to its intended end when Jesus came and died on the cross. Read the New Testament, and it's there. In particular, in the books of Romans, Hebrews, Ephesians, and Galatians, God made it clear, go no more to the law or to the prophets 
the Messiah is here. That's something we learn from this transfiguration scene. And then it means, very simply and practically, I must listen to Jesus. I need to take this personally. Hear ye him. Or in the later translations, hear him. Do you think God meant this only for Peter, James, and John? No. This was said to them. But when they took the gospel out into the world, they told people the truth about Jesus Christ and called upon sinners to respond to him. Acts 3 and verse 22. Peter is preaching, and he says, Him you shall hear in all things whatever he says to you. That's a statement that is really inclusive. Speaking of Jesus, Peter said, Him you shall hear in all things whatever he says to you. So I need to ask myself, am I listening to Jesus? Am I paying attention to whatever he says as written in the New Testament? Let's make that specific. If I am a husband, am I listening to what Christ and the apostles taught about being a husband? Love and care for your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her according to Ephesians 5. If you are a wife, are you governed by the teachings of the New Testament in that role? Also in Ephesians 5, wives, obey your husbands. Children, are you obeying your parents? Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents. Fathers, are you bringing up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? So in your relation with your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, with strangers, with brethren. Listen to Jesus. That's the challenge. What about your attitude? Your view of material things, perhaps your attachment to things. Your attitude toward worship. Your capacity to deal with stress. How do you deal with tragedy? With irritating people? With your own ill-conceived habits and long-standing immaturity? If we would just make the teachings of Christ our only standard. That's really the core of all of our preaching and teaching. It is our message when we preach here on these recordings. Put sermons and classes on the website. Have private studies and meetings. We want to do one thing, uphold the teaching of Christ as the only standard. Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And in the next verse, he said, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let me take this simple principle and connect this with what I delivered in the sermon this morning. Listen carefully. You should not listen to me unless I take you to Christ to listen to him. You should not listen to me unless I take you to Christ to listen to him. And the only way you can make that determination is to read and study the teachings of Christ in the New Testament. It's easy to watch a live stream, listen to a podcast, watch a YouTube video published by someone's ministry. 
The challenge is to do your own reading and study of Scripture so that you become so well acquainted with the truth Jesus taught, you can quickly detect counterfeit. I need to listen to Christ and then take other people to Him so they can listen to Him. So, you know what we're back to? Fact-checking, searching the Scriptures, verifying what people say by going back to the original source. God said about His Son, listen to Him. I want you to pay attention again as I read. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Three questions to take away from this study. Do I trust in the one God? Do I trust in the one God who said we should listen to His Son? Do I understand His superiority, the Son's superiority over the old system represented by Moses and Elijah? Am I letting the Word of Christ dwell in me. Should you need to offer some good response to these truths, we afford you this opportunity. Please get in touch with us through our website. Thank you for being with us.